a king, a commission, clouds. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Thank you for joining us in our conversation today. Mary, I'm excited. We're going to be talking today about a pivotal moment in history, a pivot from the life and ministry of Jesus to the life and ministry of the followers of Jesus. It says life work has come to a climax in his death and resurrection. Now it's going to pass on to his followers, of which we are today. That's right, David. This is a time when there's a separation, but there's a challenge. So today we have two texts we're going to be looking at. Again, one is in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. The other one is from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, 3 through 11. That in itself tells you there's a transition because Matthew's in the Gospels. So we have part of this is what Jesus is saying in the Gospels and then part what Jesus is saying in Acts. Most of us may be familiar with the Great Commission. And actually all the Gospels have a different variation on the Great Commission, but probably Matthew is the most well-known. Right. And this idea of commission, it's a word we sometimes hear in maybe the military. Our son was just commissioned as an officer in the New Zealand Defense Force. A commission defines your role, your job, what's going to happen. These followers of Jesus are being given a job to do. I think it's probably easiest to read it first, maybe from Matthew. I don't mind reading that, David, from Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. The eleven followers went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. On the mountain, they saw Jesus and worshipped him. But some of them did not believe that it was really Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you. You can be sure that I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of the world. Well, there is a lot to unpack in those few verses. I mean, one thing that Matthew mentions is that on this mountain in Galilee, where Jesus appears to his disciples, there are mixed emotions. There was the actions of worship, but also they just couldn't believe their eyes. The Children's International Version says some didn't believe and it's not they didn't believe, believe. That's but, probably not the best translation of that, because it's really just doubt, confusion. Who would have expected to see Jesus alive again? And But we'll talk more about this in just a, a little while. But Jesus says to them, as he appears to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Jesus has now gained authority, not just in heaven, but on earth as well, over all things, over the whole universe. And because of that, 
he commissions. And so they're going to continue his ministry. It's not something new the disciples are going to do. It's not something different. It's going to be a continuation. But there is a difference. Jesus had been preaching about the kingdom of God and all what that meant. He came to renew his people and for his people to to go out. And now he's going to send them out. As the king, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that was his authority. And he's the king. And the king is giving his orders to his subjects. Right. And it's not just a co-mission, like we normally understand it, but I want to take that word and put a hyphen between this co and mission. Something else I want us to note is that Jesus is not just sending us out on our own by ourselves on mission. It's a co-mission. Jesus is on mission with us. He's not just leaving it all up to us like he's done his job. No, because he promises, I will be with you until the end of the age. He will be with us in this mission. So it's a co-mission. He is on mission with us, and he will empower us to accomplish what he has given us because he is with us. I'm so glad you say that, David, too. Just as a reminder, sometimes when we think about the Great Commission and hear sermons and things like that, it's almost as if it's on our power And it's us going, us doing, how are we doing it? But it's God's power. It's Jesus as king that is sending, and it's his power from before we go, while we're going, the whole way. And our job is to tell. Go and tell. Go and make disciples. It breaks that down into baptizing them, teaching them. All we're doing is following the leader. (laughs) We are doing what he says to do, but the power is not in us. Right. So we can now go over to Acts chapter 1, 3 through 11. Luke adds to this, and he has his own slant on all of this and what he wants us to note. In Acts chapter 1, beginning of verse 3, we're going to read this text as well. So, Mary, why don't I start reading, and I'll read 3 through 5, and then you can read 6 through 11. Sure. After his death, he showed himself to them and proved in many ways that he was alive. The apostles saw Jesus during the 40 days after he was raised from death. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he told them not to leave Jerusalem. He said, The Father has made you a promise, which I told you about before. Wait here to receive this promise. John baptized people with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Before I continue reading, David, I think it's worth noting here this idea of waiting. I know when I teach children, they really get this, waiting, Jesus is telling his followers to wait in Jerusalem, and I almost see it like a package all wrapped up with a bow on it, sitting on a table, but you've got to wait to open it. Something great is coming. A gift, in fact, is coming. Mary, that's a good point to note about this waiting. So it's during this 40-day period, he gave proof that he was really alive again. He doesn't tell us the proofs that he offered them, except we have an example of this in Luke chapter 24, 42 and 43, 
where he ate fish in their presence. And here in verse 4, it says once when he was eating with them. A ghost doesn't do that. Just something in their imaginations doesn't do this. This was part of the proof over a 40-day period. And he wasn't with them constantly over the 40-day period, but he would appear to them. And we have several of these appearance stories in the various Gospels. But even the word 40 brings to mind some different allusions. 40 is a very significant number in the Bible. Probably here, 40 may correspond to the 40 days that Jesus was in the wilderness. Because in that story, Jesus in that wilderness time was contemplating how he was going to go about in his ministry. What kind of Messiah is he going to do? And so the disciples are being given instruction on how they are going to go about fulfilling their ministry, this commission that Jesus is giving them to do. I was also thinking, I don't know about the significance, but he gave the Great Commission on a mountain, and now we have 40 days, talking about the 40 days, it brings to mind the giving of the Ten Commandments, and then 40 years in the wilderness. All of these things would be rich in the mind of his audience of the time. But he said that they needed to wait until God fulfilled his promise. Now, we were just talking about, in Matthew's gospel, the commission there, that Jesus says, I have all authority. I said, you know, it's a co-mission. Jesus is on mission with us. He will empower us. Here, Luke talks about the Spirit being the power. So Jesus is with us in his Spirit, through his Spirit. And so they need to wait until God fulfilled his promise. And so they didn't need to go off on their own. They needed to follow the leading of the Spirit when the Spirit comes. Now, Jesus talks about this in terms of baptism with the Spirit. And I know this phrase, it's generated a lot of controversy, but it appears to me that this phrase here is simply God's promise of sending his Spirit to begin the new age that Jesus talked about in his ministry, that Jesus was bringing about in his ministry that was promised in the Old Testament, this new age with the promise of new life, new hope, to renewed people of God who are now going to be empowered to witness to Jesus's resurrection from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. The phrase baptism with the Spirit or the Holy Spirit is simply the event of the pouring out of the Spirit, which is going to be fulfilled on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And I love how God reveals himself in these different ways for different times. You know, I think of the Old Testament. That's when we learn about God and, and understand God. And then in the Gospels, he reveals himself as Jesus. And this is the one we can touch and that has walked the paths of earth alongside man. And then now, at this turning point, we're going to be hearing more about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. God helps us understand him in different ways for different ages. This promise of the Spirit coming, the baptism with the Spirit, is a significant event in God's whole plan of redemption that is unfolding throughout all of Scripture. So this is a significant, pivotal moment in the history of the world. Well, for every 
wonderful and exciting new development. There is also a leaving behind of something. And I think as I read these next verses, David, it talks about a separation. The apostles were all together. They asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to give the kingdom back to Israel? Jesus said to them, The Father is the only one who has the authority to decide dates and times. These things are not for you to know, but the Holy Spirit will come to you. Then you will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and in every part of the world. After he said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, a cloud hid him from their sight. As he was going, they were looking into the sky. Suddenly, two men wearing white clothes stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking into the sky? You saw Jesus taken away from you into heaven. He will come back in the same way you saw him go. They were all together, it says. And they ask a question. Now, is it going to happen? This promise of restoration of Israel, this restoring the kingdom to Israel again? Because that's what Jesus was talking about all through his ministry. That's what he came to do, to renew God's people, to restore God's people, restore the kingdom. So Jesus says, well, that's not your concern. You should have another concern. It wasn't that they were asking the wrong question. They were asking the right question, because Jesus had been talking about this, but The when is up to God. They just need to do what God has asked them to do, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What a confusing time. They'd already spent these 40 days coming to grips with the fact that he was among them, but now they're saying goodbye to him. And he has to leave. He has to take up his place in heaven as the king of everything. And so he must leave them. But it would have been a a difficult thing to say goodbye to Jesus in this way, to watch him before their very eyes disappear up into the sky. Well, I'm sure they were in awe of all of this, but they were a little sad that their relationship to Jesus is now going to be different. Because before he was with them in person, now he's going to be with them in spirit, through his spirit. And so Jesus... Ascends. This is called the ascension of Jesus. It means that he becomes king. This is when he sits on the throne to begin to rule. He was crucified on a cross. He was raised, and all of those are part of his moving to be a king. And now he begins to exercise his authority as a king when he ascends up into heaven. And so after he ascends to sit on the throne in order to exercise his rule. Ten days later, we're at Pentecost. And that's in Acts chapter 2, the day the Spirit is poured out to begin or to inaugurate this new age, the kingdom of God, and that's Jesus exercising his rule as king. Well, that will be a whole other conversation, won't it, David? <laughs> but yes, it uh, will. I think it's at this point right now, it's sort of like, You've gone for a job interview. You really want the job. You get the job. You know you've got the job, but you haven't 
been through training and orientation. You don't know exactly what it's going to look like. That's where they are now. They have clear instructions, and they're told to wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit to come. And that's sort of where we leave off this episode today, the waiting for the Spirit. So when you're teaching adults, David, there's a lot here and probably a lot of familiarity with the Great Commission. What what would you do in an adult class to help bring this to life and bring this to the heart of your students? One thing I think would be good to do is just go outside and look up into the sky and just think, how far can you see in the sky? And the classes at night, look up into the night sky. And what do you see? And how far into the night sky can you see? And then know that Jesus is king over everything you see in the day or night. Ask the class to discuss what it means that Jesus is king over the whole universe. I think it's something we don't talk about or think about very much, but it does have implications. What does it mean that Jesus is king over creation, over all creation? What does it mean that Jesus is king over all the nations of the world? What does it mean for our communities? And what does it mean that Jesus is king over me? Have a good discussion about that and try to tease out the implications of that and how that should affect your life and how you go about your life. So that's one thing. The second thing is, when we know the apostles had a special commission of being his witnesses, today we can't be the same kind of witness because they were his eyewitnesses. But we can still be a witness for Jesus. So spend some time in the class asking and discussing what can you do to tell others the good news of Jesus? How can you be a witness in your neighborhood? And how can you be a witness in your city, in your country, and even the world even? And think of ways to announce to the people in your world that Jesus is the world's rightful and true king. And he is the one who loves them and wants them to give him their allegiance and loyalty. So have that discussion in class. And in that discussion, you might want to ask the question as well. Think about the missionaries that your congregation supports and how you can help them and enable them to carry on the commission of Jesus. Because remember, it's co-das mission. Jesus is with us. But also you are partnering with these missionaries you support, and you're doing this together through them. So talk about how you can better maybe support them so to enable them to carry on the mission that Jesus has given his people. That's really good, David, because it's not just the people that go. It's, it's the people that send. It's whatever part you play in this commission that God has given. He's told us to go and tell the world, to baptize them, to teach them. You won't do all of those things, all of those times, everywhere. It takes the whole church. That's right, all of us. For children, one thing I would do, going back to the scripture that we're talking about, a really fun activity that I've done a number of times is I've invested in a helium balloon. If ever there was a time, this was the time. And, of course, you have to have a day that's not windy, and a place outside that you could go. But I've taken children outside, and I don't make a big deal about drawing Jesus on the balloon. You can if you want. But 
I start telling this story, this lesson, and talking about all these things. And then when the time comes for Jesus to ascend, I let the balloon go, and we watch it go up, up, up to experience that same feeling that the apostles had. And the children all really enjoy this. You know there are ways this can go wrong, right? That balloon can catch on something or whatever. So just pre-warning, you're going to have to flow with it here. But that idea of it going up and then watching Jesus, I think maybe we even missed that part of when we talked about the story, you know, because that took explanation. Angels appeared after Jesus ascended, and, and they explained what this meant. So as the children are watching, that's that's the thing to do. Explain what it meant. Not just that he went up, but what that means. Point out clouds, because even if you don't use a helium balloon, another thing that can be really good is just go out and look at the clouds with small children. Actually, children and adults enjoy looking at clouds and thinking what shapes they see. You know, that cloud looks like a sheep. That cloud looks like a dragon. And just looking at those different things. You want children to connect so that throughout their life, when they see clouds, this story can come to mind, this event. They can think of Jesus. That's I always think that's kind of, David, what the creation is for. It's just another way for us to know God. So I would, I would suggest that. But when we talk about the Great Commission, that's understandable for children. They understand about sharing good news. We can use maps and a globe and talking about taking the news of Jesus around the world. Children want to tell about Jesus, too. So this is another way to do that. And just following on what you said, learning about the missionaries that we support. Children can write letters to missionaries and encourage them and follow on what they're doing. All of these things are part of doing the work that our King has set out for us. Following orders, doing what the King says, that's what I want to do. He knows. He knows what needs to be done. Sometimes I don't understand every part of what He asks me to do, but I just want to follow, and I just want to tell about Jesus. And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children.